الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. It was the grace and mercy of Allah Ta'ala that He allowed us to have witnessed the very Mubarak occasions of Qurbani and prior to that the 10 days of Zul Hijjah, the 9 days of Zul Hijjah and then the day of Eid followed. These were very auspicious occasions and very great amal took place the virtues and rewards of those times were discussed before and inshallah we have received the reward of whatever amal was done may Allah Ta'ala accept everybody's efforts and sacrifices whoever made whatever efforts to try and reap the maximum benefit of that Mubarak time and may Allah Ta'ala give us the opportunity of witnessing many more occasions of this nature where we have the opportunity to get very much closer to Him. This world is a passing phase and very soon we all have to leave. We have no idea when our time will be up but nobody is going to be here forever. And every person has to prepare for the Akhirat. When the time comes, we have no idea. But we have to be prepared. Because it could come suddenly. How many people have gone suddenly? Many a times we see somebody who is quite elderly, then becomes very sickly, very ill, and then the person in very old age passes away so shaitan puts it in our mind that you too would only finally leave this world when you are roughly about the age of this person this person was 95 so you too going to reach 95 and until then you going to be around but shaitan makes us forget that how many janazas we have seen or attended where somebody was not even 5 maybe or they were 25, maybe 15, maybe some other age, very young. Shaitan makes us forget all about those incidents that we too could be suddenly leaving this dunya long before that old age. It doesn't mean that if somebody left at that old age, we're going to reach there. Allah knows best when we're going to leave. So we are going to be have to be prepared all the time when suddenly that call would come and there would be no choice in the matter. Often, nafs and shaitan make us forget death and then puts forward many temptations, many distractions and a person will feel that in any case I don't think I'm going to die anytime soon. I'm going to pass away anytime soon. So if I indulge in these things now, 
I still have ample chance to repent later. So let me carry on with life now. Let me enjoy whatever I want to. And when the time comes, then we'll see. And then we'll make Toba at some later time. But this is a very, very great deception of shaitan. And because of this deception, we do many things. Allah forbid we miss our salah. We get involved in various sins. All on the false hope that we're going to live till 95 or we're going to live till a very old age. Or if not that very old age, then definitely not sometime very soon. we still got time. Whereas missing one salah also is a major problem, major crime in the court of Allah Ta'ala and major difficulties and hardships come as a result of this. Likewise, sins draw down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, brings down the azab and a person gets caught up in so many calamities and problems that are very, very difficult then to avert or to get oneself out of it. There is one incident that Imam Qurtubi rahimahullah has written. This is just for our ibrad. We are talking about salah, missing salah, delaying salah. So this is just for ibrad that we should not take these things for granted. They are very serious matters. And as we said, we have to be prepared for the akhirat. To be prepared for the akhirat means that one should be forever fulfilling all the requirements of deen, not having any salah incomplete, any qazaz, and not deliberately missing any salah. And likewise, all the other obligations of deen, whatever the requirements of deen are, and likewise, staying away from all haram, all sin, because these things become a major problem for a person in dunya also and in the qabr and the hereafter. So, Allama Qurtubi rahimahullah in his tafsir has mentioned one incident and the narrator of this incident is Amr ibn Dinar rahimahullah who is a very great personality and he says that in Madina Munawwara one person was living there and his sister passed away. So, whatever the processes were that were completed and finally now the time for the burial came so he went down into the qabr to lay his sister into the qabr. It just happened that by chance one little bag of his wealth, gold coins, that fell into the grave and he at that time did not remember or realize. Now the gold coins, one gold coin, we know the value of it. Now there's a small bag, maybe 15, 20 gold coins in there. That might be his life savings, whatever knows. Whatever reason he carried it, sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes these things happen for an ibrad. Many a times things happen which a person now cannot fathom, but why did the person take this along why did the person even go there in the first place? Why this happened? Why that happened? But Allah Ta'ala makes these things happen sometimes for our ibrat. So for whatever reason this person took that bag of coins along with him, though he was going for this janaza, and he entered the qabr, but 
in the process while doing whatever was necessary to lay the person down to the cupboard, etc., that slipped from his, whether his pocket or whatever, and fell into the grave. After the person was buried, his sister's janaza this was, so after the burial was over, he happened to realize that this bag of coins are missing. And after thinking carefully, he realized that the only place this could have fallen was in the cupboard, because he had it just before that, and when he entered the cupboard, he might have been conscious of it, that he had it with him, and now he's standing right there, and he's not there. So he realized it fell in the cupboard. So when everybody was gone, later that evening, he came back, now because this was such a big amount of money, and he needed to retrieve this, take it away. So he came, and he dug up the grave again. Now, out of necessity, he had to do this. So he dug up the grave in order to take back his bag of money, those gold coins. But to his shock and amazement, when he opened the grave, when he dug off the sand and lifted off those planks, the next thing he sees that that whole grave is engulfed in flames. Now there is a fire, so he had to obviously just abandon that bag, there is no chance of him getting that bag of money, because the whole grave is in flames. He quickly covered and put the sand back and came away home. But now this was something very, very strange, that he saw it with his physical eyes, otherwise the azab of the akhirat, the azab of the qabr, is not something that will be visible to people who are still living. This is something that happens in a way that's not visible to insan generally. Though it comes in many ahadiths that if the azab of the qabr, the azab of the qabr, sometimes even animals can perceive it, they hear it. So this is a reality, but generally it doesn't happen that people can hear these things or see it, but now he saw it, it became visible to him. So it was worrying him he came and asked his mother, that look, what was my sister's general life? Perhaps he wasn't staying together in the same house. So now his mother would know better. So he asked his mother, that what was the condition of my sister? How did she conduct herself? What were the things that she did, she didn't do? So perhaps the mother might have asked why you want to know. And he might have explained also. So in any case, the mother then thought about it and she explained two things. He said, these are the two things which were in your sister's life. One is that she would delay the salah. And sometimes as a result of delaying, delaying, it would get delayed completely out of time as well and become qaza. Now the salah becoming qaza, being missed out of time, unfortunately and very unfortunately, many people just take it as well, one of those things, I'll make the qaza later. It's like a small thing. I'll make the qaza later. And it's as if the person now made the qaza, so it's fine, there's no big problem with it. Whereas, this delaying of the salah out of its time is a major sin. Even if the person made the qaza which he has to do, that qaza, does, it only fulfills the obligation of the salah, but the sin that was incurred for the delay 
That is a separate matter altogether. That is a major sin in itself. And that is something that a person has to make Toba from separately. But the unfortunate thing is, many people take it very lightly. And feel, well, if I made the qaza, then I have done my duty. There is no, no reason to even think anything about it. Whereas, no, it is a major sin. And that major sin, one has to repent from. And the repentance, part of the repentance is a firm commitment not to commit the sin in future. At the time of the tawbah, that must be there. What happens in the future is a different matter. Out of mistake, something happens again. But the commitment must be 100%. The determination must be 100%. Then I am not going to now make my qaza, salah qaza. I am not going to delay the salah. I am going to perform it in time. Allah Ta'ala has fixed times for the salah. Inna salata kanat alal mu'minina kitabam mawquta. That they are fixed and appointed times for the salah. And those salah must be performed in that time. So this was one of her problems unfortunately that she used to delay the salah and it used to become qaza also. Perhaps she used to perform the qaza later. That's what apparently it seems. But this became the azab. That was one problem. So this, we should be refreshing this lesson time and again, the importance of salah and performing it in time. We should be the ones giving the lead, whether in the madrasa, whether at home, wherever, that is time for salah, we should be giving the lead that we start preparing for the salah immediately upon the entry of the time. And we perform our salah. And others too would get reminded by this. If it's somebody we can remind verbally also, we'll remind verbally as well, in a nice way, in a good way, not in an abrupt or rude manner, in an advising manner. And if it's for some reason we can't say anything, our actions will be the invitation. Our going towards Salah immediately will be the invitation. So, we should be bringing this importance into our lives. Giving it high priority. It's not just a simple matter to miss the Salah. It's a very serious matter. So, it should not be delayed. We should be doing this first. Imagine if a person had to know that today is my last day of life. I'm not going to live till tomorrow. If it was possible to know this, some sign or something, or the person got some kind of vision, some dream, and the person is told that you are not going to live till tomorrow, this is your last day. Tonight you are going on. Maybe the person asked somebody for the interpretation of the dream, and this was the interpretation. Now that's not necessarily something 100% certain, that the interpretation will be accurate, but somebody gave us that interpretation. Somebody who is learned, he gave us that interpretation. Maybe he made a mistake also. But the interpretation he gave was that tomorrow you are going to be gone. You are going to be in the cover. So, what will become our condition? Even if we doubt the interpretation, even if we sure the person made a mistake, if somebody else tells us also, no, that person's interpretation is wrong, but we will still be very concerned. But what if that is the correct interpretation. And what if my life is now coming to an end? I have only this day available. Now just think about it. How will we conduct ourselves in terms of our salah, for example? Would we be very casual? Well, I'm going tomorrow, so let me have fun today. Going forever tomorrow. I'm going to pass away now. 
So let's have fun today. Will anybody ever think, any sensible person, any normal thinking Muslim, will ever think in this manner? Impossible. The person who is far away from deen, that person to the furthest person away from deen, if he was sure that he is going tomorrow, he is going to make amends. Forget just being sure that he performs a farsala, he'll start maximizing the time to even complete whatever qaza is left over for the past. So what is the difference? The difference is that that yaqeen of death now came away. Whereas death could be closer than tomorrow. It could be today. It could be now. So we have to bring alive this consciousness and ensure that we don't ever miss any salah. And rather than delaying for the later time of, or later, we do it in the first portion of the time, as far as possible. So the one problem that this person had, who her grave was now engulfed in these flames, one was the aspect of delaying the salah. Allah knows best, but this was apparently the reason. And the mother explained, Allama Qurtubi rahimahullah is quoting this narration of Amr ibn Dinar, and he's saying that the mother explained the other problem that this girl was involved in. And says from time to time, it would happen that at nights when people would now be gone into their homes and go to now rest and sleep or whatever, oh people are now in their own places, in their own rooms, she would secretly come and stand alongside the door and try to listen to people's conversations, their secrets. So in this way she would spy on people to try and hear what they are talking quietly and try to uh, pry into their private lives. Now, this is a very, very serious sin, spying on others in this manner. One is that something became known, became apparent to you, because it was done in front of you. You were there and somebody did something wrong. Now you have a duty to assist that person. If you can advise the person, you must advise the person. If you can't advise the person, maybe you can tell somebody else to talk to them. Somebody else has that relationship, is close to the person, they have that informality with him or her. So, you can ask that person maybe, that look, so and so is doing this very harmful thing, they are going to harm themselves, harm others also. So please you should try and advise them, so that you can talk to the person. And maybe if not, then the senior of the person, the person's mallima, the person's mother, some senior, you can take the matter to them, that please you should address this. The niyat and the intention in this would be solely to assist the person, solely to become a means of helping one's fellow Muslim, not anything else, not to run down somebody, or to make somebody feel humiliated, no, to assist the person. So it will be done with the class, we will make dua before we even approach the person, or take the matter further to somebody else, we will make dua in our hearts for the hidayat of that person, and then we will take it further. But if something is not known to us, we have no idea about it. We didn't hear about it from anybody, we didn't see it anywhere. Now we are going to try and dig out people's faults. This is a major sin, this is what is called spying. What people make 
use the word spying. That now somebody saw something and out of concern they took the matter up to the senior, they took it up to the muallima, they took it up to the principal, they took it up to the parent. People call that spying. And if somebody out of concern took that matter up, they make a big hue and cry about it and call the person a spy, etc. That is wrong. That person did it out of concern. The niyat must be right, obviously. Spying which has been forbidden in Shariat is that to go and try and dig out people's faults. You don't know about it. You're not sure about it. You have no idea about it. Or maybe you just heard some rumor, but now you're going to dig into it. That is wrong. To try what something is secret, you're trying to go and unearth it. You have no idea whether that's a reality or not. You're trying to go and unearth it. That is a major sin. Now, this is what she, this girl used to do. Go in quietly and secretly try and listen in to people's talks, people's conversations. Why? With the object of trying to dig out their faults. Now, this became perhaps also the reason for this azab in the cover. So many a times, we do things, we say things, we think things. Meaning thinking is referring to deliberately harboring ill thoughts, suspicions. One is the passing thought and we immediately dispelled it, repelled it. We immediately made istighfar in the, in the heart. So that was an involuntary thought and we did not pay attention to it. We dispelled it. We immediately made toba istighfar in the heart. Then that is something we are not accountable for because it's an involuntary thought. But now we are harboring a suspicion. We are giving space to an ill thought in our hearts. We are de deliberately engaging it. Now all these kind of actions, deeds, and even such kind of deliberate thoughts which we harbor in our hearts. So we take it for granted, we take it as life will carry on, we'll see what will happen, but we can see how these things sometimes become such major problems. Often they become problems in dunya. The problems in dunya, that as a result of sins, there are many, many harms that happen to a person in dunya. With regards to taqwa, Allah Ta'ala has promised many things. For example, the person who adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala makes things easy for him. The person who adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala grants him ease in his matters. So now, the opposite will also be true. That the person who indulges in sins and disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, day-to-day -day life will become difficult for him. He'll keep getting caught up in problems and difficulties. Now, one is even the pious sometimes are seen in difficulties and hardships that their hearts don't get overwhelmed with that. That is a test. That is sometimes a means of their elevation in their status and position. But despite the physical pain or the difficulty and the challenge, the hearts are even closer to Allah Ta'ala. But in the azab that comes, the difficulties that come as a result of sin, the first thing that happens is that the person's heart becomes very restless. And that's apart from all the other challenges and pain and difficulty the person experiences. But the first thing is that the heart becomes in a turmoil, complete turmoil. 
person can't think. And the person sometimes want to commit suicide and what not. So, this is the aspect that we need to think about, that these sins, these sins create difficulties. Like taqwa brings about ease, the opposite will be true as well, that the lack of taqwa and indulgence in disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, it makes life difficult. Taqwa, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ That the person who fears Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will grant him a solution from every problem, and Allah Ta'ala will grant him risk from sources he cannot imagine. So the opposite will be true also. When the person indulges in sin and disobedience, then the risk of a person is withheld. And the difficulties surround the person. So this is already in dunya. What is in the qabr, that's another whole issue. Like we can understand from this example, from this incident, that the girl in question, she was living her life in this manner, not concerned about a salah, making qaza, and likewise indulging in this sin of trying to spy on people and dig out their faults. So that end result of that, Allah knows best, but this could have been the reason that this azab in the cover and this grave being engulfed in fire, this became the end result. So we should be very, very conscious about this and start building this consciousness of Salah now, while we are still in this age and in our study days. If we build it now, it will stay with us later. Become very conscious of the Salah now and make sure we don't ever miss any Salah later in life it become even more easier and we will continue with it with regularity. It will become difficult, in fact impossible, almost impossible to not perform the Salah on time. It won't be deliberately ever missed then. But for now we have to inculcate the importance and make sure that come what may, we perform our Salah on time, in good time, giving it due importance. Then the other important thing is that these kinds of sins, now we had been previously before Eid etc, the topic was Haya, the topic was about shame and modesty in several of the discussions. So actually this too is linked to that, in the sense that when a person has shame, has Haya, the person doesn't do these kind of things. One is the Haya from Allah Ta'ala, the person won't then miss the Salah. And haya and shame from people also, the person won't go and dig out people's faults in this manner. And try to secretly listen to their conversations. Because the person, just the shame itself, the aspect of haya itself will stop the person. There will be the thought that Allah Ta'ala is watching, how can I do this? And if that consciousness is not there, at least the thought will be there that if I get caught doing this, then what? I can't take a chance with this. So that shame and modesty brings that thought. What if I get caught? The main level of shame is that Allah is watching. Allah Ta'ala is watching, so I can't do this. But if for any reason that level is not yet there, that consciousness is not developed, if the shame, that shame will bring about this feeling, that what if I get caught? I can't do this. It's not. I just can't take the chance. I just cannot risk it. So the haya, while it was not of the higher level, 
But at least this level of haya also saves the person from the sin. And that will grow it inshallah to the point where the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala will develop. So if the haya is there, then that too will become a barrier from the wrong, from the evils. But when the haya is gone, then the person doesn't think in that manner, what if I get caught? Instead what the person thinks, I'm too smart, I won't get caught. Now that thought comes from the lack of haya. Don't worry, I'm too smart. I know how to color my tracks. And I know how to do whatever I want to do without getting caught. Just to understand that when a person persists in sin, one is that the person made a mistake, insan is insan, we are all weak, a person can slip sometimes, the person made the mistake, then there was remorse, regret, the person made toba. The toba also doesn't mean that the person has become immune from sin. Allah forbid, person can slip again also. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. But the person slipped, the person was very regretful, very remorseful, making toba, giving some sadaqah, making salatul toba, making a lot of dua, shedding tears of repentance. Allah Ta'ala inshallah will forgive that sin also and give the tawfiq of refraining in the future as well. But Allah forbid if the person fell again, he must immediately renew that toba. Genuinely, sincerely, more istighfar, more toba, more tears of repentance, more sadaqah. So one is that the person, mashallah, is very regretful, very remorseful over the wrongs that happened. This person, inshallah, will progress. And Allah Ta'ala will protect this person also. Allah Ta'ala will cover his faults. Because of his sincerity, because of his remorse and regret over the wrong, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will cover that wrong. But the person who persists, the person just blatantly continues committing that wrong, and then instead of being remorseful, regretful, the person actually boasting, I am too sharp. If not boasting to others, within himself he's feeling, I am too sharp. Nobody can catch me. Then Allah Ta'ala sometimes then breaks it open. This is a, I'm generalizing this thing, but it's, or rather saying this thing in a very general manner, but it's just for the Ibrad. One person was really getting up to some serious wrong. And he thought he had everything covered. Now one day it just happened, it just happened by chance, that for example, he, his phone, he had just unlocked the password. Just unlocked now, everything is normally under lock and key, under password, or finger, whatever. So now he had just unlocked it. Okay, he had unlocked it, and at that instant, something happened for which he had to just keep that phone down and run. Whatever it might have been, one child or something he had to attend to, somebody fell down or whatever the issue was. So now in that instant, he just unlocked the phone and the next thing, something made him run. Now, just that was an example now. For example, now the child is about to fall somewhere. So you'll just drop everything and run to go and save the child. So the child is standing at the edge so now the, nobody's going to stand and wait now and try to talk to the child. You're going to run straight to try and grab the child before he falls. So in that instant he left that phone. Now he already unlocked it and just kept it on the table or whatever and just dashed. 
At that time, he didn't think, because now everything is in such a emergency situation, now you'll think later, or he might have thought later, but I should have just put it in my pocket now, why, why did I keep it there? But, now he kept it there and just ran. And now when he ran, the next thing, the phone rang. So now it was already opened, when it rang, so that number came up, which should not have been somebody calling him. And whoever was there, they saw hey, what's going on here. There's something sounding suspicious. So in any case, that call got cut. They didn't take the call or whatever the case is, but now that suspicion was there. Now the phone was open already. So they started scrolling through the messages. Started scrolling through other, whatever social media this person got there and so on. Now the, it was already unlocked. In that moment, by the time this person went and the child fell down, he picked the child up and now he's comforting the child. In the meantime, somebody scrolled through everything and all the secrets came out. Now we will think 50 times, but how this happened like this? This person, that phone is so secure. But how it happened that just that moment when he unlocked that phone, just at that moment he saw that child about to fall and just at that moment he decided to leave that phone and run. And then just at that moment, somebody else was standing there close to that phone. Somebody else could have been running to the child also. And just at that moment, he had to comfort the child so he couldn't come back in time quickly to take the phone. And just how many just at that moment we can keep saying. And we can call it one coincidence after another coincidence. That's how we'll say. But nothing is coincidental. Allah Ta'ala made that get exposed. Why? Because the person Allah forbid might have been persisting in it and thinking too smart about himself, no remorse, regret, and carrying on like I am too smart. So Allah Ta'ala showed how smart he is. That you can't try to duck Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala sometimes, Allah save us, Allah protect us, then makes it open to people as well. So you shouldn't take this for granted. These are things that happen every now and again as an Ibrat. We shouldn't look down upon anybody. Allah forbid somebody, something happened like that to them. We don't know what level of Toba they made thereafter. That became the means of their Toba, sincere Toba. <coughs> and what level they might have reached with Allah Ta'ala, we have no idea. We can't look down upon anybody. And day we not look down upon anyone. Day we look down upon anyone. We should never dare to do such things. Allah Ta'ala save us from this. We should have a clean heart. The sin is a sin, the wrong is a wrong, we can never condone the wrong and neither will we play down the sin. But we can never look down upon the sinner. There's life, there's hope. And the person, we don't know when he'll make sincere toba. we should be looking at the person with sympathy. And looking at the person like we look at a patient. And at the same time worry about ourselves, don't regard ourselves as better. But nevertheless, this is ibrad, this is something to take note of, this is something to be conscious about, that whatever the requirements of deen are, and especially our salah, we don't delay. We don't try to duck and dive. We can duck and dive from people, but we can't duck from Allah Ta'ala. And likewise, sins, we don't try to carry on with our wrongs and think nothing about it. We should make tawbah and drop off all these wrongs and evils and come back to Allah Ta'ala. In this way, we will protect ourselves in dunya also, and we will get the great rewards and the benefits of akhirat as well. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu, wa laka shukru kulluhu, 
اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين